Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. I'd like to thank Natis from Instagram for messaging me and suggesting that we do a Sewer's Bride. Thank you! Everyone is very grateful. Hey, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 7 of A Sewer's Bride called Here's a War. And today we have Molly and Aunt Rose and Tina, and y'all can say hi and introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'm Molly, I've been on before. Um and i'm happy to be back and thank you mindy for doing the podcast um i'm tina hi it's i know it says lucas's ipad don't judge me um i um have not been on the podcast it's my first time i'm very excited to be here um yeah but yeah but you're very active on the facebook group you're one of the moderators right and you- yeah i'm actually one of the admins on the midnight poppy seeds um facebook um group and i am very active on um the midnight poppy seeds fast pass and on the just the official midnight poppy uh midnight midnight poppy land official group um i love mpl i love the stars bride it's actually one of my favorite like webtoons ever yep and andrews you want to say hello Hi, everyone. Mindy, thank you for inviting me back and for your flexibility. Um, uh, I'm excited to record another podcast. It's been a while and to discuss Oscar's Bride with um, all you ladies. And I didn't realize that you had an, a podcast. So I'm a, I'm on your podcast right now. I'll be adding a dollar to them. Not much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Andrews. Okay, so we ended off last um, episode where she found out, um, Yua found out that um, this is King Asura and she confronted him. She said, why didn't you tell me? And she basically confronted him as someone evil. And he did try to explain to her that he is a king and he has to have, be responsible for his nation and maybe things are not what she thinks they are. So that's where we left off there. He left her in the tent to contemplate and we start off here where he's coming out of the tent and we're back in color again so that's great <laughs> and he tells um whoever's standing outside he says i'm going to get her something to change into um well actually i think the guy talks first he's like your majesty we weren't expecting you be out cough this early because they were expecting him to basically consort with you up and but that didn't happen <laughs> and the guy says the council has been demanding for your presence and Ulan says, I'm going to get her something to change into. Come with me. I, I need you to take them to her. I guess he doesn't want to deliver it himself. <laughs> I'll see the council when I'm done. So our ever thoughtful Ulan getting her clean clothes. <laughs> <laughs> After their sojourn through the woods. And he's like, now, Majesty, you don't need more rest and your injury. And okay, so obviously Ulan is someone who pushes himself he doesn't like he just came back from battle we know he hasn't slept for a long time and he has that wound but he's not bothering he's going to do his duties because he is a very responsible person yeah and meanwhile we have her in the tent and 
she is so it's actually it looks like a pretty nice tent there's it's well decorated this time <laughs> it's like it's like a, a rug and furniture and tapestry and he's still talking outside he says just a few words with them and then i want to check on kara his horse and you was thinking to herself she thinks so he isn't feared by his people like the stories say but i shouldn't be surprised a king who fights alongside his men in battle who lowers himself to that level in spite of his highborn status he must be a hero to his kingdom so Yua here is having second thoughts and she's reconsidering everything that she's known about King Asura. And, you know, we kind of talked about this in previous episodes, but, you know, when nations are at war, they usually depict the other nation in a very bad light and they think the other one's wrong and they're the ones in the right. So, you know, now she's reconsidering everything that she's been told because she's having personal contact with the king. And, you know, she's admiring someone who is, he's not just sitting there and directing the war, he's actually fighting with his men. And that's something that she is admiring. Oh, and there's this beautiful picture of Ulan on his horse, looking all warrior-like <laughs> as he is. Yeah. And, you know, with his horses rearing, right? That's the word. <laughs> I'm a city girl, I don't know these words. But, you know, and he's flashing his sword in this full armor, it looks great. Um, and then she thinks to herself, but would I have done the same if I had been born a man? And now she flashes back into a memory. And Anne Rose, you wanna take over from there? Oh, sorry. So uh, so we discuss the eight panels and then do people just chime in afterwards? Cause I know traditionally- when Yeah, yeah done, let's chime in whenever. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So now I'm going to discuss post after this gorgeous shot right there this one scrolling down to where the grandma the, okay so just my thoughts are I, I think she I felt bad for her but then at the same time a lot of people when when they experience that so in the past so maybe I should backtrack here we have a grandmother showing the showing the little that scroll badge thing of her grandson who died in battle and presenting it to you of because she's part of the royal family and because all of the people fighting in this battle have died in honor of the king the grandmother just felt like she had something she could do something about this to prevent more unnecessary deaths um and i think emotionally she's feeling conflicted she doesn't really have that much say as a woman you know and then the, this person comes in, the king's grand advisor, and I felt like I, his, I know his role was underhanded in the whole, he, he was the one who kind of placed her in that situation, and he knew what to do. I just, I was just still iffy about his, I mean, did he have supernatural powers as well? Because hmm. one of the panels, his eyes was glowing, but it wasn't this one. I, I don't, I'm not sure. So that I was left confused about that, but then there's are we allowed to show the cartoon in the thing or no yeah i mean i wouldn't show the full cartoon but like if it's a panel here oh, okay. panel there so. So, I, so the panel that i'm looking at right now is her there's no image of her on her, her face and she's just sitting there she's in the enemy's tent but she's thinking about that grandson that she used to play with and feeling like okay I didn't, I couldn't do anything to prevent that from happening. 
And now here I am in this position where she too feels like a traitor and I, I just feel bad for her. And she's seeing, it's like, I feel like a traitor, but we've exchanged these really open, heartfelt conversations, you know, conversations with each other. And and he saved her life. And, and then in the next panel, he's kind of feeling the same thing too. Like I betrayed her and I knew fully well who she was and deceiving her but that's not my panel to talk about so <laughs> that's hopefully I made sense okay thank you I mean I think um just to kind of talk a little bit more about those previous panels um and and maybe you guys the 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 um image of her contemplating about um where she's got no face am I right in that we've seen that before in a flashback where there's no face in, in Midnight Poppy Land. I don't know, I, I could be just totally making that up, but I just feel like that's so, it's so dejected and sad um, and to bear like sort of the burden of being in the royal family, but also being the fourth princess and having no power, being a woman, um, you know, it, 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 I think that scene or that image just is such a, so sad. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. Like it, it is, it is very sad. And it's also, um, it's like dejecting. It's just like, well, it makes you feel like not useless, but it's just like, what can I do? It's like, you have this high position, your nobility, you're a princess and you have this person who you, she, even though that person is, she calls her nanny. Um, she's obviously someone that she was like maybe possibly even raised um the fourth princess and she tells her not to bow not to like kneel in front of her and this person is is just angry and upset at them um and there's literally like she probably feels like there's nothing that she can do to help this person yeah and one thing i noticed like she Yua was very the fact that she didn't want her to kneel to her so Yua is clearly we see from here not concerned with like her own honor you know she like she probably was her nanny but and she's like no you mustn't kneel to me so she's not someone to stand on ceremony and say like oh i'm high born or you know i'm the princess you right. have to kneel to me and she also wants to help her she says right away tell me what you'll need i'll you know she wants to be helpful to her and then again she can't because she can't really do yeah. anything about that war but she volunteered to sign up to be sent to this so she that was yes. her way of trying to do her part in ending this war right and, and I wonder, like, in the, you know, in the contemplation that she's having here in the next scene, um, does she feel like she's failed because she's been captured? Um, mm-hmm. Because at one, you know, she thought, she, okay, I'm going to take my sister's place to get married to this guy since my sister ran off, you know? Um, <laughs> and so does she feel like, okay, I mean, obviously she's got to be very unsure of how, what her future is, um, having been captured by the enemy. Um, and has she... I don't know. I just kind of feel like she must feel like sort of like, okay, now what can I do? I'm yes. in this guy's tent and I'm captured. And um, so is it my turn? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that in a second, but before we do that, I just wanted to point out, did you see how the nanny says, do you remember my grandson he used to give all his candy to you because your brothers took them from you? Yeah. So like, <laughs> You know, we see time and time again throughout this story that Yua has been pushed away and relegated and mistreated mm-hmm. by her her older siblings. Right. So oh, good point. it really gives you context into understanding who she is and what she has experienced so far. Um, also, if I could just 
interject the, this advisor, the one that says that King Oscar must die. Like he's one of the characters that I feel like if um, this ever became a, a longer um, series, I know it's completed, but like if she was, if Lily Dust was ever to come back to it, that this character would definitely get fleshed out more. Cause it's, it's as if like he's being set up to be like this sneaky villain that is like the secret mastermind to like all of the stuff going on. Um, and we only really get snippets of him. Like we know that his eyes were glowing at one point as some, as Molly pointed out. Um, we, he looks kind of like King Oscar. Like he, like he yes. has kind of like, you know, he has kind of like the similar facial features. So we don't know if he's maybe like a, a, a prince who's been sent away or like someone that just had a grudge. Cause he's, he's constantly throughout this series, just hammering the fact that he wants Ulan to die. Like he just, this guy's gotta go. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think it's really interesting the way that this whole scene was played out. I think this, um, the picture, the image of him where he says must die. Yeah. Um, he really does look like he could be related to Ulan in some yeah. way. Yeah, and that's it's interesting that he's saying this in light of what he what we find out about him later, which I don't actually want to say what he does later because I try yeah. to keep the episodes like self-contained, uh, even though it's already finished. But <laughs> but um but yeah, so it is interesting that he that he has this that he's this is what he's saying, it, you know, going on what he does later. Yeah. We're not mentioning it, but so yes. Um, for her you know and she think and you know she's she, thinking to herself like you're right she she doesn't know yeah. she would have uh, actually do you want to take over from here molly sure Where, um i mean she still has i kind of think of it as like a dog tag almost like she still has that little clay tablet um i you know i assume it has that young man's name on it um xiao yang um how are you today um you know, and it's just really that she still carries it with her. Um, but, you know, going into where it's kind of a flashback again of where Ulan and um, Yua were together by the fire, where he's talking about, um, you know, uh, she, you know, she, she couldn't, she couldn't kill a bird and sort of reflecting back on, um, protection and, and strength and, and things like that. Um, I think, again, just sort of like contemplating on what he said to her in the previous episode about his duty as a king. Um, you know, she's got a lot to think about in the next scene of her. She's really hunching over. I think she's, you know, where she says, I'm just a traitor. Um, so there's just a lot on her shoulders that I'm sure she's putting on herself, but probably just being raised in the royal family, you're just probably indoctrinated of like your responsibility and your um, loyalty to the kingdom and the people and the king. And, you know, it's just overwhelming. Um, but I just love the transition from here to Ulan talking to his horse, um, <laughs> which I just love. He's having this conversation. Um, uh, kind of like I, I hate to say it but like frozen with Kristoff and Sven <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> I hate to say it it's great I love Sven <laughs> um I almost picture the horse having uh, Sven's voice I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but he's talking to his horse and uh, basically saying, you know, what serves me, you know, I, he crossed, he realizes he crossed the line with her. Um, and, uh, you know, the horse, horse is basically just, you know, doing that hurt. I'm not going to do it. The horse sound. Brr, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he's, uh, he's acknowledging that he crossed the line um, with an enemy. He's kidnapped uh, the princess and um, knowing that she didn't know who he was. And, um, but I think, you know, he's re recognized that just this little bit of time he spent with her, he, you know, he's in deep um, and he wants more. I don't know where I leave off, but um, yeah, I just love this. I love the conversation with the horse. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, he's saying that like, it starts off with him, you know, <laughs> touching his bleeding shoulder because she thwacked him with the bow and opened up his wound. So he's like, yeah, you know, it serves me right for crossing that line. Yep. Um, and then, you know, and then it moves into a conversation that he's having with his council and, um, he finds out that the princess didn't, which right now he still thinks that she's princess Yuzhen. So mm -hmm. they're telling him she didn't report up, turn up for the ceremony. She's missing. Um, and it, and then, um, so Kwan you know, I think, um, yeah, I think since we're getting to the end, I think maybe Tina could. Yeah. Oh, okay, I can take over. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're having they're having this this a heated discussion um, where they basically like, they're basically saying that like the princess has gone gone missing. Um, she was supposed to be getting married, um, and like that marriage was supposed to be solidifying an alliance um, and stuff. And then you have council member number two, poor him. Um, he basically um, says that like the rumor has it that. The wench you brought back, so he's like being wow disrespectful about like about UA and like it's just poor him. Um, like that she's brought back as an Eastern princess, and if that's true, it could be miss the missing princess Eugen, which she's pretending to be Eugen. Like he doesn't know that she's not her, but he's assuming that that's her. Um, and he basically says that he tells um, Ulan that he would be a fool to release the the Eastern whore back, and the guy gets his his hand. I, I love this scene so much. He gets his hand just like, I must be very good this. He gets his hand just impaled by Ulan's sword for like talking bad about um, Yue. Um, and you have the, the, the guy behind Ulan, that's his brother, right? Brother? I think I that's know. his older brother. For some reason, I don't know. For some reason, I, I think that might be his older brother. Um, because he's got a few brothers, right? He's the youngest. Because he's got he's got a few brothers. Like he's like he's. But anyways, the, the the guy that's behind him, he's basically one of the, the the generals that's constantly like coming in and out of um and having conversations with Ulan. And he basically tells him like he tells the council member like you need to wash your mouth because the king's not in a good mood right now. But um and you know they're all begging for mercy while Ulan is um on his throne in in a council meeting. Um, but it's it just goes to show like how much he cares i guess about like how like close he's grown to her because it's it was mentioned previously that like princesses have, got, have gotten sent to him and he just doesn't really care about them like he just really it's just like whatever 
Um, and it's to the point now where like he doesn't want anyone to say anything bad about her. Um, so then he it go, that's kind of like a, a little flashback. And then like you see him like cursing because he's still talking to himself back here. Um, and he's basically saying that he wants like more. Like he 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 understands that um he's crossed the line, but he can't help himself at this point. He's enjoying being around her, he's enjoying, you know, um the banter and just looking at her smile and all that other stuff. And he like him like with his head down, like fuck, like he he knows he's he's in deep already. Um and then these last panels, like the emotion in them, like so we have we have Ulan coming back into his tent, um, and we have U, um, UA like she's um, she's holding up a garment um, initially, and he's basically asking her like if if she's gonna wear it, like but it's kind of belligerent, like he's just like you're not gonna wear it, um, and she explains herself because she's you know she's looking at at this delicate garment and she's just like well I don't want to get it dirty, it's obviously been. Um, well loved, loved by whoever owns it, and it's well worn. And and I'm dirty. I don't want to. I don't want to get it filthy. And you just see that beautiful panel of just his kind of facial expression, and he looks so vulnerable in this image. Like he looks, he looks like he he genuinely just cares about everything that she's saying right now. And then um, he like reveals that it was a gift from his dad to his queen to his basically his mom um and that's where it ends um, that's where the episode ends the arrow to the heart the arrow in the heart but it's <laughs> i love i love that facial expression um because it's just it it kills me like you could just see how like how much he cares in that moment just watching her and and having her um like even without her realizing what it is, like she's she's being considerate of someone else's stuff, and it's for it to have been his mom's dress that was a wedding gift from his dad. Yep. It's yeah, arrow in the heart. Um, Tina, I wanted to add to what you were saying about yes. that look, the, the money shot look right there. I mean, I think one of the things that Lily Dusk does so well is for conveying the emotions for men and women and just mm. I've seen that and I mean that's why MPL is so amazing because Torah has that look all the time and um <laughs> and I just I, I it's just Lily Dusk is like a, sh a rising star you're just read I wish I had discovered uh, AB first prior to reading MPL but I was really late in the game but I just looking at it now you get to appreciate all that all the magic that's you know going yeah. into the stuff that she's making so yeah I've always felt that um Torah would be as open emotionally as Lan is if he hadn't gone through the trauma as a child and been raised by Vincent the way that he was because Torah has those micro he has he has very similar expressions they're just micro expressions Right. You don't really, you don't really see them. Like they're not like big expressions of sadness and of, of happiness and surprise. It's just like his, his eyes will just like slightly open up. And it's cause he's, um, he's been conditioned by Vincent not to show his expressions as opposed to here you have Ulan who's, who's a king. Right. Um, and he can, he, he can show his displeasure. He can show his happiness. And it's just, it's so interesting to just see, um, these two men who are very similar in character mm -hmm. and how 
they love each other, like love, love the women in their lives, but also how they express themselves. Right. And I think it's yeah. really interesting that he chose, I mean, you know, he's had this contemplation about wanting more um, mm-hmm. and choosing this garment because he's probably got treasure troves of like mm-hmm. garments to give her from just wherever. Um, spoils of war, who knows? But like, this is so, yeah, it's like, it's just hits you when he tells her, you know, whose garment it is. Especially that's considering that it's, it's the first gift his dad gave his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's not something that you just give to anybody. It's kind of, it's an heirloom, right? basically. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's so sensitive with it, yeah. um, without knowing much about it, just shows her nature and how yeah. she's so attentive and, and considerate. Oh, yeah. and I think, you know, that's the reason like his, he already liked her, but this is just making him like her even more. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Nancy, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about how she's always been given like the secondhand goods, even when she was playing, she was a playmate to the, the grandson who had died to her na- her grandson's nanny. Like she was given candy by someone of lower status. And now this, even if it's seen as, um, you know, she didn't, at first he might've thought as Tina was saying that it was, oh, you're not going to wear it. And he seemed a little belligerent about it. But she she recognized this quality, and I think he can see the quality in her, even if she can't see it in herself. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't realize how much power that she has over him and her position and all that she's going to accomplish slash will accomplish. So this is really and that her her face at the end of that panel that was really uh, they just had they had like the same face, you know, vulnerability wise. Yeah. So I was like. A lot of love, a lot of love. Yeah, they both look fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> these like full profiles they just, with their long flowing hair, they just look beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> a Star's Bride is, it's, it's such a beautiful, like just panel wise, mm-hmm. um, it's so beautiful. Like just, just looking at the artwork, um, the story is amazing, but just the artwork, I, I understand why it's so short because I can only imagine like how long it took her to draw this. It's, oh, but it's, it's so gorgeous. And the color choices through the whole thing, the palette is so consistent through all the panels. Mm-hmm. Um, just a beautiful, um, natural, I don't know. The colors are just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's all like warm colors, like the reds and the browns basically most of the time and white, a lot of white space. Mm-hmm. And that background, like the background is textured to be like a, like an old like rice paper. Know, art print. Right. What rice paper? Yeah. Oh. I always just find it just amazing how much emotion she can convey with just um, a shift of mm. of eyes or a, a like a turn of them because it's it's like I'm just looking at at some of the facial expressions and even the no face, like right. the no like just no face at all. It conveys like so like that can be so much emotion um but just I've all like always going back and just looking and like looking at the little expressions that all of the characters make and stuff like that it's amazing like it really is it's gorgeous yeah yeah so actually I just thought of a really cool bonus question 
Are you guys ready to move on to the bonus questions? Sure. Okay. Thank you to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat, Chelsea, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, and Rose, Priya, and Stephanie. I appreciate your support so much. Uh, uh.